Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talking Lamar. Today, we're going to talk about Nicolas Cage. Is he a great thespian or is he a crazy man or is it a little bit of both? Can't wait to find out. (laughs) What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. What are you talking about? I am talking to you. That's just what I was talking about. It's Talking Lamar. You know, if I say the name Nicolas Cage, what are your first thoughts? Nicolas Cage is very famous, and that fame swings many ways. Some would say, great actor. Some would say, he's a hack that won't turn down anything. Others would say, he's crazy. Well, every one of those things are true. Part, if not most, of this is all show, I think. The crazy stuff keeps his name in front of the people. And a lot of the time, he looks like a joke. But I believe he's in on the joke. He's not only in on it, he's orchestrated the majority of the joke because he's the one taking the money to the bank. You know, the movie that he made, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent last year, it shows that he has no trouble participating in making fun of himself. In the interview, he said that he was never going to see the movie because it was, quote, just too much of a whacked out trip for me to go to a movie theater and watch me play Tom Gormican's highly neurotic, anxiety-ridden version of me. But then he (laughs) said, but well, the neurotic cage is the best cage. What do you think? (laughs) I'm going to come right out and say, I am team great thespian. I think Nicolas Cage is a staggering, massive talent. And I can name, we could we could dissect performances. The Baker in Moonstruck, as played by Nicolas Cage, the one-handed Baker in Moonstruck, that's one of the most soulful, exquisite love story performances ever. National Treasure is a national treasure. How about let's throw it all the way back to Valley Girl. Yeah, he ha- not everything's been perfect. Wicker Man was kind of a disaster. Although that I don't know that you can uh, I don't know that you can 100% blame Nicolas Cage for the disaster that was Wicker Man. What do you think, Lamar? Well, I think he's one of those guys that will make a bad movie, but he's never bad in the movie. I mean, yes. he does his part is good. He does he does whatever they need him to do and he takes it to a level. And you know, you got to give him credit because, you know, his real name is Nicholas Kim Coppola because his uncle is Francis Ford Coppola, the famous director of The Godfather. And and he changed his name to Cage after the comic book character Luke Cage so that he could, could, could uh, succeed on his own name. He he didn't try to take the, the whole uh, Francis Ford Coppola deal and, and ride the wave. 
he did it on his own on his own merits. One of the reasons I think he's a great actor is that he obviously can remember all the lines because he just told us this week that he can remember being in his mother's womb. If you can remember being in your mother's womb, <laughs> you don't have any problem remembering your lines. He reminds me, there, there are two guys that I think are a lot alike, and it is Nicolas Cage and Jeff Goldblum. And here's what they can do that other actors can't do. They can sell shower curtains and pillows with their faces on them for some reason. People want a pillow with Nicolas Cage's face <laughs> yeah. on it. And they, and they want a shower curtain with Jeff Goldblum. I don't know what it is about those two guys. If you if you if you had uh, Ben Affleck, do you really want Ben Affleck in your bathroom with gi- with the giant heads uh, on on the shower curtain? Probably not. But no, because that doesn't make any sense. But a yeah. giant head of of Nicolas Cage, it, it seems to make sense. This is yeah. something I didn't know till I really started doing a little bit of research. He got Johnny Depp his first acting job. Really? Cage and Cage and Depp had been friends when nobody knew what a Johnny Depp was. They were just friends. And he was uh-huh. a musician. He was trying to make it in the music business. And while they were playing Monopoly, Nicholas told Johnny to try acting. And Depp said, I can't act. And Cage wouldn't let it go. And he introduced Johnny to his agent. And the agent sent Johnny Depp to his first audition, A Nightmare on Elm Street, he got the part that day. Now, I'm not wow. sure if Nicholas really thought Johnny Depp had a great acting talent or he just wanted the Monopoly game to end because those things <laughs> go on forever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he thought that might break the, you know, break sure. it up. I, I, I don't know. But see, there's all kinds of weird stuff about him. And, you know, he really gets into his part. Whatever the part is, he gets into it. While he was promoting the Ghost Rider sequel, Idris Elba told this story that happened on location in Romania. He, and why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you tell this story after we take a break? Yes. Sounds okay. good. Sounds All good. Right. Back to the Iris Elba story. He was talking about Nicolas Cage. They were, they were shooting the film, and they're in Romania. And Cage spent the night in the ruins of what is considered the actual Dracula's castle. He spent the entire night there so that he could channel that energy for the movie. I mean, I admire that. I admire yeah. that. And, and method acting, he and Vampire's Kiss, he actually ate a live cockroach live while they were filming. They they gathered up four or five cockroaches, and he ate a live one because he thought it would be more realistic. That's commitment. Boy, you're <laughs> not kidding. You know, it's funny. Uh, Dracula is one of the characters he always when, when he first started. He had a list. He wanted to play Dracula. He wanted to play Captain Nemo, and he wanted to play Superman. And he, I guess he has lived his whole career, you know, trying to do the things that he wanted to do. Yeah. Now, yeah. one of the things, he's done like a hundred and something movies. And at one point, he was $6 million in debt. And so he had already done the, uh, the, the National Treasure. He had already done two of them, and he's in debt. And he say he says we need to do we need to do number three. And they said, well, we hadn't really planned on a number three. He says, we've got to do a number three. I'm six million dollars <laughs> in debt. We've got to do another one. And you know, but the reason he's made tons of money, but he buys castles. He owns yeah. castles. You know, it's been real estate that has brought him down. You're right. And real estate, yeah, real estate has really been a problem. 
Oh, one of the funny things I found out about, he, he only eats certain things. And he bases what animals he will eat by the way they have sex. He says that fish and birds are very dignified in the way that they have sex. And chickens are also pretty dignified. But he said pig sex, not so much. So he doesn't eat pork because he's watched <laughs> the pigs do it and he don't like it. So I'm assuming he don't have his own making bacon t-shirt. I, I don't know. But I mean, who who does that? Does he actually do it or is he Nicholas just Cage. Yeah. Nicholas Cage yeah. does it. As far as animals go, he does a lot of stuff with animals different. Uh, he's got a two-headed gopher snake. And he named it Harvey Dent after the Batman villain, who's also known as Two Face. <laughs> Two Face. <laughs> it died. It died back in twenty one. He's got an African crow who talks. He calls him by name, and when he walks into the room, he says, "You're an a hole. You're an a hole." <laughs> and, and, and he said. I don't know I, why I, he says I, I, I never realized I married an African crow a few, a few back. <laughs> but now he had he had he had two king cobras, and he said it really helped his acting because they tried they were all constantly trying to kill him. They would turn their backs to him, and they've got those patterns on their back, and and, and they sort of go back and forth, and they try to lure you into uh, a, a, a trance. And he said then they would whirl around and try to bite him. And he said he's used that in his movie some. For, he turns his back and, you know, does, he's all the time doing crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So, he, so Sherry, so Sherry, um, I know you like Nicolas Cage, but as you, listen to, as, as you listen to all of this that Lamar is talking about, um, could you live with that guy? You know, here's the thing. Nicolas Cage is here to live his life in every moment. And he has the um, resources to make whatever eccentricity possible. And I have the feeling that when you live with Nicolas Cage, um, there are only two speeds, unbelievable and <laughs> unfucking believable And so I could, to answer your question, the answer is yes. I mean, it wouldn't last. You know, I know that it wouldn't last wouldn't last because I would be either too regimented for him or he would be too much of a wild card for me. But yeah. what I love about him as an actor is that he, he takes the role and he goes all in. He's not, he's not trying. Nicholas Cage has never once tried to shape a career. He goes from part to part and he gives himself over to it entirely. And sometimes it's genius and sometimes it isn't, but um, he, he was That's never focused got, on, yeah, he was never got. focused on like, is this good for my image? Does this make me a sex symbol? Does this make me seem like a serious actor? Does this make me seem like a goofball? Whatever the part is, he is in it a hundred percent and he's, it's yeah. a joy to watch, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does he, he, does he, he have a he woman in his life? Uh, I don't even he's know. He's married. <laughs> yeah. He, he is married he's, to he's, his fifth he's, wife. Yeah. He's on, he's yeah. on, he's on number five at this point. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, what was funny is his first, his first wife was Patricia Arquette and they met at a restaurant in 1987 and he asked her to marry him right there. Okay. And wow. she says, well, I don't think I can. So he said, give me a quest, give me a list of things that I need to complete before you will marry me. 
And so she gives these big lists. She went ahead and, you know, humored him. She wrote down all kinds of stuff like getting uh, J.D. Salinger's autograph, uh, uh, a Hill Tribe wedding costume, steal me, a Bob's big boy statue, all kinds of stuff, okay? And all of a sudden, he starts getting them one by one. <laughs> He's bringing them in one by one. And she said, I just said, no, not doing it. And, and, and they were young. She was 19. And uh, he said, well, you, you're going to marry me soon. And she goes, man, we've never even gone on an actual real date. We need to slow it down. And they wound up a couple of years later. They got married. She, you know, I mean, she said I couldn't, you know, she couldn't forget all the stuff that he did. Yeah. Then he married Lisa Marie, you know, and that didn't last very long. Um, yeah. He said they just kept breaking up and getting back together. So, I mean, he's, yeah, he. I, I just can't stop thinking of the of having a the big Bob's big boy statue. I'd love to have that in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's such a hoop. She, she came up with that. Yeah. Do you know what I think that Nicolas Cage has that a lot of us don't? So um, the climber, the great rock climber, Alex Honnold, he's he's the one who free soloed. Um, El Capitan in Yosemite, just this staggering achievement, right? If you don't know anything about Alex Honnold, watch the free solo documentary. You'll be like, you'll be on the floor in amazement. They did brain scans of Alex Honnold's brain and they found out that part of why he is such a fearless climber is, is that the part of his brain where fear lives is a lot smaller than it is in most people. So he hmm. literally doesn't have the same fear response that you I or I would have, right? That's Isn't that would fascinating? You, that would, wouldn't that allow you to turn your life loose? I mean, yeah, no fear. I'm bet. No, I'm fear. begging y'all, watch Free Solo. It is, it is breathtaking, and you'll fall in love with this guy. So, so he doesn't have as much fear as the average human being. I think no. that Nicolas Cage is missing a fear of failure. It's Fear, it's being afraid to fail that keeps most of us in chains. Yes. We're yes, so afraid. Yes. We're so afraid that we're going to suck. We're so afraid we're going to be foolish. We're so afraid we're going to be humiliated that we'd rather not risk greatness for fear that we might be embarrassed. I bet if you scan Nicolas Cage, whatever that part of the brain is, it's the size of a chia seed because yeah. Nicolas Cage throws himself at life utterly unafraid to fail. And how do you not find that so appealing in a person? I agree with you. He's got to be that way. I mean, five marriages. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He does have no fear. You know, I was, you know, I was looking at some different things that's happened to him in his life and he had a home invasion. He woke up in the middle of the night and he's got a guy he'd broken in. He was butt naked wearing his leather jacket and eating a fudge sickle in front of his bed. Good and he Lord. said, you know, it sounds funny. He said, but I was terrified. And he yeah. kept the guy calm by talking to him until the police arrived. Wouldn't you have loved to heard that conversation? That'd be something. Yeah. That, I, that I will mean, be, that'll be a scene in a movie someday. If they do, if they should do a film about him because he's had, you know, this, this crazy, crazy life. Aren't you always surprised when there's a break in at a big celebrity's house? with something crazy like that. Don't you always think that there's some sort of security they have 24-7? Are we not locking the doors? I mean, honestly, I, I in my it. house, in my house, if you came into a door, something's going to go, woo, 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 woo. I mean, I'm sorry. It's going to go off. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, George I, Harrison, I, I George Harrison, you know, uh, God rest his soul. 
some guy broke into his uh, yes. his ma- his mansion and uh, was was and stabbed him, I think, and put him in the hospital. His wife Olivia grabbed a lamp and smashed it on the guy's head. That's the only thing that saved the Beatles' some life guy, at that time. Think about this: some guy made it to the Queen's room, yeah, in London. You're now, right. You I forgot get to about the that. Queen. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I know. He, he was also Nicholas Cage was also stalked by a mime when he was filming uh, bringing out the dead. The mime kept showing up on the set and they couldn't figure out how he was getting in. So it's, I, I'm assuming instead of having him arrested, they put him in an imaginary box and he couldn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> how annoying would that be? Oh I mean, my it's gosh. bad enough. Yes, it's bad enough to be stalked, but then you look over and there's there's somebody giving you the thumbs down and trying to. <laughs> You know, climb out of the uh, box to get away from you. Pushing the invisible wall. (laughs) (laughs) But how how on brand is it for Nicolas Cage to be stopped by a mime? Yep. Who who else would that ever happen to? I mean, he's just living a life, you know? Lamar, I I have to ask you. I I have to ask you. um, When you were a kid watching TV and a mime came on a variety show, not, not, I'm going to apologize to the mime community here right now. Did you, as a kid, <laughs> Wait, think you'll to yourself, never hear nothing out of them? So. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you not say a little bit of, well, this is bull? I think I could do that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I had to think. I had, well, I got to be honest with you. I mean, sometimes when I'd be sitting there practicing with my Willie Talk ventriloquist doll and I'd see a mom, I'm thinking, yeah, you're taking the easy way out, buddy. You're taking the easy way out. <laughs> you're darn tooting. Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. But you know, my, my first Nicolas Cage movie was Raising Arizona. That was my very It's one first of the movie. greatest movies ever, isn't it? She said her fiancé had run off with a student cosmetologist who knew how to apply her feminine wiles. You son of a bitch. Don't forget his phone call, Ed. Tell him I think he's a damn fool, Ed. You tell him I said so, H.I. McDonough. And if he wants to discuss it, he knows where to find me in the Maricopa County Maximum Security Correctional Facility for Men, State Farm Road, number 31, Tempe, Arizona. I'll be waiting. You need to go see it. I mean, or rent it, stream it, whatever you got to do. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Just a great what, movie. So do you have like a short list for someone who's listening to this right now and going, you know, I've never really given Nick Cage much thought. Do you have a short list of must-see Nicolas Cage movies well, that you'd recommend? I, I, I think I think Raising Arizona is, is number one. Um, uh, the the one with the, the one you mentioned with uh, Cher. Cher. Oh, my gosh. Moonstruck. Un- unbelievable. Moonstruck. Moonstruck. You know, uh, he's done some action stuff. Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, leaving Las Vegas. Uh, leaving Las Vegas. I mean, he he's got some stinkers, but even although the movie is a stinker, that part that he plays, just like we talked, he gave it everything. Conair, Conair was great. There's just been a lot of stuff, and the movie that he just did. Uh, um, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, uh, the unbearable weight. I, I mean. He was just like you would expect him to be, and he he did not disappoint. He really did not. He was he he was the joke, and he knew he was a joke, and he played it to a hundred percent. It was a great movie. Let's wrap up with the greatest Nicolas Cage monologue ever from the movie Moonstruck. 
Let's wrap up with that because it is just such, it's great acting. It's great. It's a great love story. He brings so much passion to it. You know, he's in, he's a one handed baker in New York city in love with his brother's fiance. Like what a scene, right? So we're going to, we're going to close with that right now and remind you that Talking Lamar is a podcast that drops every Friday on the Bob and Sherry Oddcast feed. And we so appreciate your listening to it. And take it away, Nicolas Cage. What's the matter? How can you ask me that? You're making me feel guilty. You are guilty. I'm guilty. Of what? Only God can point the finger, Loretta. Yeah, well, I know what I know. What do you know? Okay, you tell me my life. I'll tell you yours. I'm a wolf. You run to the wolf of me. That don't make you no lamb. You're gonna marry my brother. Why you wanna sell your life short? Playing it safe's just about the most dangerous thing a woman like you could do. I mean, you waited for the right man the first time. Why didn't you wait for the right man again? Because he didn't come. I'm here. You're late. place that's right so this is where we were going yeah you know we had a deal you told me if i came with you to the opera then then you'd leave me alone forever and i came with you now i'm gonna marry your brother and you're gonna leave me alone forever right a person can can see where they've messed up in their life and they can change the way they do things and they could even change their luck so maybe maybe my nature does draw me to you that don't mean i have to go with it I can take hold of myself and I can say yes to some things and no to other things that are going to ruin everything. I can do that. Otherwise, you know what? What good is this stupid life that God gave us? I mean, for what? Are you listening to me? Yeah. Everything seems like nothing to me now. I guess I want you in my bed. I don't care if I burn in hell. I don't care if you burn in hell. The past and the future is a a joke to me now. I see that they're nothing. I see they ain't here. The only thing that's here is you and me. I want to go home. No. I'm going to go home. No. I'm freezing to death. Come upstairs. I don't care why you come. No, that's not what I mean. Loretta, I love you. Not, not like they told you love is. And I didn't know this either. But love don't make things nice. It ruins everything. It breaks your heart. It makes things a mess. We, we aren't here to make things perfect. Snowflakes are perfect. Stars are perfect. Not us. Not us. We are here to ruin ourselves and and to break our hearts and love the wrong people and and die i mean that the storybooks are bullshit now i want you to come upstairs with me and and get in my bed we're here to ruin each other (laughs) it's just never been more true right lamar that is true well that wraps it up for our nick cage episode we had a great time Hope y'all did. If you did, tell everybody. If you didn't, keep your mouth closed. Don't tell nobody nothing. We'll see you next week on Talking Lamar.
you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day. And here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are one in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.